Well, this is a new year. Happy New Year. This morning, we're in the second chapter of Matthew, considering the wise men or magi in their search for Jesus. The search for Jesus can be somewhat difficult these days. Um, maybe more so difficult than it was in the past with uh, the distraction of consumerism around this holiday. Um, like the hymn said this morning, though the darkness hide thee, though sinful man can't see your glory, um, Christ is still there, but he's not always readily apparent for people to see. A few weeks ago, my family went to see uh, the Christmas production uh, by Cirque du Soleil at the um, State Farm Center, and it was a good, fun, uh, exciting event, and uh, amazing acrobatics, and uh, just uh, a celebration of Christmas, but there was no Jesus in there, as uh, Jenny reminded me on the way home, uh, and in fact, they kind of portrayed uh, some of the negative party atmosphere uh, that uh, surrounds it, though uh, they tried to turn that person towards cheerfulness and whatever. But, but there was no Jesus to be found there that evening. We see uh, a man who delivered gifts to spread joy in the name of Jesus. Um, he becomes an individual who rides around uh, behind flying reindeer uh, that leads sleighs and, and elves. We see Silent Night and Away in the Manger become jingle bells in the annual renaissance of Mariah Carey. I'm not here this morning to lament the direction of culture, though. Culture can go whichever way it wants to go. That does not impact the church and what it is in the end. There's a worldwide celebration of the birth of the Messiah. And many who otherwise would not be exposed uh, may stumble into an encounter with Jesus. The culture loves so much the spirit of Christmas, but often wants to treat its central figure with disdain and ridicule. So much of Christmas can get done without the recognition of Jesus. It can be difficult for him to be found. As with anything good, when that thing starts to overshadow, overshadow the provider of that thing, what is good can lead us astray of a focus on the provider. Let's look at this passage from Matthew. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. 
when he had called together all the people, people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He, had, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother and they bowed and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The appearance of Jesus was unsettling in Jerusalem, which may be strange for one who is called the Prince of Peace and what that should mean. But I don't think this reception would surprise Jesus himself. For later, Jesus himself would say, he did not come to bring peace, but he came with a sword. Elsewhere, he calls himself a stumbling block for people. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, brings us into peace with God, which until heaven and earth, are, the new heaven and earth are established, puts us at war with this world. And when I say world, not so much creation as with principles and philosophies. God has never been passive towards sin, and God manifests is no difference. His appearance by very nature is counter to the nature of this world. Of course, it's gonna bring, bring disruption for people. But regardless of Jesus' promise as adult to cause upheaval, evil, his presence as a baby still threatened the status quo. Herod was about 70 years old when Jesus would come into the earth and would only live for a few more years. He may not have been so worried about his own throne, but the legacy he had built over many years through political maneuvering and what he would be able to leave for his sons if someone who claimed to be the king of Jews would come and take that away from him. 
it says here all of Jerusalem was concerned with Herod. That term, all of Jerusalem, is often used as hyperbole in the Bible, and it's seen elsewhere. After all, we know of others in Jerusalem who were truly excited about the coming Messiah, whether it was Simeon or Anna, just to name a few individuals that were called out in Scripture. We know it wasn't everyone, but it was likely those clingers-on, those people around the throne who were worried what this disruption might mean if there's a new king. Everything they had worked with for alongside Jesus may come to an end and crumble down with this new leadership. Everything they hoped for, the power they hoped to gain through the rule of Herod and his sons could come crashing down around them. It's difficult to allow the establishment of a new person on a, sorry, a new person on the throne. We also see that Jesus came as a fulfiller of prophecy. Some 700 years before, Micah records that uh, this brief blip we see here that out of Bethlehem, a ruler would come and be shepherd to the people of Israel. Jesus would go on to fulfill many prophecies with his life. We see the gifts as prophecy of what is to come in his life. And this was just the start, helping the Magi to find where they might find this Messiah and worship him. Jesus does not only threaten the sovereignty of political rulers, but he also threatens our own sense of personal sovereignty. To be with Jesus is to subordinate our will to his. It's not always comfortable to give up control of our life and our will and place Jesus on the throne there. We often view these magi who came in uh, to Israel during this time as three individuals. Often it's because of the gifts they brought, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The gifts here represents various characters of the nature of Jesus. The gifts portrayed in this portion of scripture are full of symbolism that would not have slipped past Matthew's initial audience. Gold for royalty. Even a, a small amount of gold would have been of significant value. Gold is a gift suitable for a king. The Jewish audience would have seen it that way and what it would mean for the established authority. This gift, in turn, would actually help out the family that would soon need to flee 
Israel for Egypt and await as Herod's for Herod's passing until they felt it was safe for their return. In the coming passage, we would see how Herod would deal with the young boys born around the time of Jesus, feeling threatened that his throne may be taken away from him. Frankincense. Frankincense was used in temple worship to go along with grain offerings. These offerings were to be a worship to God, not meant for the atonement of sin. In fact, frankincense was not allowed to be used with a sin offering because God said there was no fragrance capable of covering the stench of our own sin. Frankincense was to be used in worship and celebration, recognizing what is right about our relationship with God when we are fully submitted to him and his will. And then finally, myrrh. It's another spice like frankincense, but it was also often used in embalming. And of course, this portends to the reason Jesus needed to come in the first place, so that he may die as an atonement for our sins. All three encapsulating the ministry of Christ here. His royalty, deity, and the death for our sins. All three would have had great value. The gold may have actually been of the least value. The magi, or wise men as some translations use, were unknowingly preparing Mary, Joseph, and Jesus to be able to survive for two to three years while I outweighed Herod. Through this, we see Jesus as Lord of all creation and as due all honor and glory and worship. Because of him, we can come before the throne of God blameless. Our praise can be like frankincense to the nostrils of God because Jesus presents us before the throne as uncorrupted by sin. He has covered over our guilt and sin and has made us daughters and sons of God. Jesus became the embodiment of what we fear most, our own death. Jesus came to die. When God put mankind on earth, he gave us perfect immortal bodies. If anyone after Adam and Eve could have come to live, uh, come to earth to live forever, it would surely have been Jesus. God made flesh. We were put here to live to experience the love God had for us, but our sin brought that to an end. Jesus comes to earth because of sin, to defeat sin through his death. 
while we might be able to understand that in our head, we can't help but be dismayed in the very core of who we are that he would be here to die. Jesus came to us as a child. We celebrate that while the world tries to celebrate and avoid who it is that should be celebrated. The world wants us to celebrate togetherness and sentiment and tradition. All these good things to make it difficult to discover Jesus. Some will discover Jesus and guard their thrones like Herod did, while others will seek him out and offer him a seat at the throne of their lives. Would you stand with me this morning? Let's pray. Lord God, we celebrate a new year. We celebrate your birth. We pray that in this new year, we might find ways to enable you to be Lord over our life, that we might step aside and bow before you on the throne of our life. Lord, all praise and honor and glory is due you. May we never be distracted as the world and culture hope to do. But may we keep you front and center in all of our activities. May you guide us through this day and through this year. And may we lift it all up to you as an offering. We pray this in your name. Amen. Have a great week.